0: Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the blessings that accompany a life of obedience. Our commitment to not
1: compromise our integrity to the standard of God's Word, resulting in true and lasting happiness, is all God's doing. Listen to the words of Jesus as He spoke to His disciples. If you know these things, blessed, which means happy are you, if you, listen, do them. True happiness is not based on knowing, it's based
0: on doing Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's word with Xavier Reese, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Through presumption comes nothing but strife. Proverbs 13:10 speaks very clearly about what awaits those who decide to circumvent God's program. And today, Pastor Xavier takes us to the book of Genesis and the father of faith, Abraham and Sarah, to reveal what happens when man tries to help God fulfill a promise. Let's listen. Genesis 21,
1: we're going to look at verse 1 through 21, the message entitled, The Son of Promise, Isaac. Abraham and Sarah brought upon themselves great difficulties through their attempt to figure out how God was going to fulfill the promise of giving them a son. So 14 years earlier, Sarai, her name then, had suggested to Abram that perhaps God would accomplish it through her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and then she would raise that child on her own, as you know. What they accomplished instead was to add her to themselves, bringing jealousy, envy, and a divided home. After 13 years of silence, God appeared to Abram and told him to walk before him blameless, and then he confirmed the covenant and enlarged it. Then God gave Abraham the seal of the covenant, the rite of circumcision, and changed both Sarai's name to Sarah and Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of a multitude. He also told Abraham and Sarah, once he changed their names, that he would, in fact, allow Sarah to bear a son by Abraham the following year in chapter 17, verse 21. And what we have before us here in chapter 21 is the preeminent place of Isaac over Ishmael, which is revealed to us in three scenes from verse 1 to 21. Let me read for us here. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time in which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was a hundred years old when he, his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abram that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So, the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abram, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning, and she, he took bread and skins of water, and putting them on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy Hagar, and sent her away." Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, and the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. And then she went and sat down across from him in the distance at a bowshot, for she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the land. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled his skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. The preeminent place of Isaac over Ishmael is revealed to us through these three scenes. The first one is in verse 1 through 7, the fulfillment of God's promise of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. The second scene comes in verse 8 to 13, the foolishness of Ishmael towards Isaac. And the third is in verse 14 through 21, the fondness of Abraham towards Ishmael made obedience difficult. Difficult. Let's begin here with the um, fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham and Sarah, verse 1 through 7. Notice in verse 1 and 2, the unmistakable details regarding God. Don't miss them. The faithfulness of God first is pointed out in verse 1. Yahweh kept his word. And the Lord Yahweh visited Sarah as he said, the covenant of God, Yahweh, one who called him and gave him a promise of a child. 25 years since they left Haram in Genesis 12:1 through 3. 25 years. Quarter of a century. <laughs> Yahweh performed what he promised. Listen to the words. And the Lord Yahweh did. There's another key word. Did for Sarah as he had spoken. It had been about a year since Yahweh had appeared to Abraham after 13 years of silence in chapter 17, verse 1. Her conception was not an accident, nor was it based on human ability, but divine promise and potential. The fertility of Sarah is given to us in verse 2. The motherhood of Sarah was to remind her of the promise of Yahweh, for Sarah conceived this is the result of what has preceded. And the fatherhood of Abraham was to remind Abraham also of the promise of Yahweh. And he bore Abraham a son in his old age. The likelihood of the event being an accident was to strengthen their dependency on Yahweh. Listen, at the set time in which God has spoken to him. A little under a year, when Jesus and the two angels had visited Abraham and Sarah... And Sarah laughed in disbelief in Genesis 18, verse 10, 12, and 14. Three times the point is made. Listen to the phrases. Visited Sarah, did for Sarah, Sarah conceived. Whenever God repeats something, it hits it from the direction so you understand that this was no coincidence. This was not of human origin. This was directly in relationship to the promise that God had given to both Abraham and Sarah. The fullness of time had come. God sent forth a son made of a woman under the law. Galatians 4, 4 says, God's right on time. Now, maybe you're going through some things that you feel that God is late, but God's never been late. Now, you might be biting your nails, but God is on the throne, and he is not biting his. He's right on time. Notice the undeniable obedience regarding Abraham is given to us in verse 3 through 5. In verse 3, the name of the child had been given by God, as you know. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him. The name was given in chapter 17, verse 19. Laughter, Isaac. He observed a kind of rejuvenation whom Sarah bore to him. He pronounced him what? Isaac. In obedience. The laughter was proven to be from different perspectives from sarah unbelief from abraham astonishment gratefulness to god this was a child's name now notice the giving of the name was sealed with the covenant and the rite of circumcision in verse 4 he obeyed according to the instruction then abraham circumcised his son isaac when he was eight days old the rite symbolized the cutting away of the flesh life This was according to the covenant, chapter 17, verse 10 and 12. After 13 years, after their little escapade with Hagar, a work of the flesh, the very organ that had produced trouble and problems for them was not to be in submission to God and the flesh part and portion of that life was to be cut away because it only produces trouble. Listen, your flesh and my flesh only gets us in trouble. Big trouble. This is according as God had commanded him. There was no option. The penalty for not being circumcised the eighth day of a child was to be cut off from the covenant of God. This was to be an outward mark of the inner reality of the circumcision of the heart. Always. Deuteronomy 10, 16, 30, verse 6. Remember Jeremiah 4, 4. God is into the circumcision of the heart. So many people are resting in their ritual. Well, you know, I've been baptized. I've been confirmed. I've got, you know, I've done this in the church. I've given money. I've, I've been an elder. So what? Many of those things people have, and they in hell this morning. If the reality in your heart is not circumcision of the heart, everything you do outwardly is meaningless. Or I. The age of Abraham is recorded in verse 5. The incredible age is stated. Abraham was 100 years old, a young man. <laughs> Romans 4.20 says that he did not consider the deadness of his body, but he believed God. Hebrews eleven twelve. it was through faith. Faith does not mean I hope so, I hope so. Faith means I believe God for what he has revealed, for God to perform, not for me to do it. The impossible birth is restated when his son Isaac was born to him. This section of the text wants to make sure you understand that the birth had nothing to do with Abraham and Sarah. It was all with God's faithfulness. Right on time. Now notice in verse 6 through 7, you have the unbelievable response of Sarah. The celebration of Sarah is recorded in verse 6. Sarah celebrated what she once laughed at. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. A play on words, the name Isaac. What a change has come across Sarah now. Sarah indicated the amazement of all who would hear the news and all who hear will laugh with me. All would laugh in astonishment with their inability to bear for so long and now blossoming like a flower, scratching their head. I can't believe you heard about Sarah and (laughs) Abram. And they go, yeah. (laughs) What can I say? Laugh. Laugh. Notice the elation of Sarah in verse 7. God could only do it. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? In other words, only God. No one else. God alone did it. For I have borne him a son in his old age. He had spoken it. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. Genesis 15, 4, 17, 16, 18, 10. This is the fulfillment. God is not a man that shall lie, nor the son of man that shall repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Yes. Numbers 23, 19. As difficult as those things are at times in our life, if God has declared it, it will come to pass. It's not my responsibility to figure out. When um, I was in my bike accident... And the bone on my ankle, they call it a gap because bone was missing about half an inch, three-quarter of an inch. It wouldn't grow because bone doesn't jump. And so I became very concerned, and the, um, the doctor was taking care of me. He didn't want to do anything, so I tried to get other doctors within that community to help me, to look at me, but because of medical politics, they wouldn't touch me. And so Judy and I went to a wedding, and we ran into a couple just by coincidence we hadn't seen for 25 years and her husband had crushed his heel so severely that they said he would never walk and they recommend him to Dr. Thordison at USC and they gave me his name I called him up this guy does incredible stuff mixing bone with coral and he takes bone grafts from different parts of the body rather than the hip always and so I said well it's a long shot of alcohol call." I didn't know if he'd be able to take me or see me, so I walked in, he, he locked, looked at me, talked to me and all that, and I was telling him, you know, was a Christian, was not, and, you know, he's all medical and all that, They're all nice guy, and, um, and so he's looking at me, he says, yeah, we got to cut that cast off, get you on your feet, because it's, you know, um, it's just atrophying too bad, and I, if, it, if the hardware breaks, it breaks, then I'll just operate this and that, and I'm looking at, him, okay, so, and he doesn't, and so he starts walking on. I go, Doc, you going to take me or not? He says, you don't want lightning to strike me, do you? I go, all right. <laughs> right on time, we cut that cast off, began to walk through I got the bones, that. Then he went back in about eight months later. And I had a conference to do in April. And, and he says, well, you know, you're doing pretty good. Just keep it like that. I said, Doc, I travel. If, I bus, if I'm if i over in Europe, whatever it is, or I'm in South America and it breaks, I'm, I'm dead. I said, come on, do it. He goes, no, nah, it's too much. I got to break your toe. I got to take the whole hardware out. I got to put the bone in. This. I said, Doc, he says, it's too pain. I said, Doc, don't worry about the pain. Listen, they told me you're the best. Knock me out, take the screws out, break the toe, put the hardware in, take the bone out, and he took it from the heel, put it in. He's like, I got to be in a conference in, in, in April, so I got to come in in January. And I gave him the date. He goes, okay, we can do it. Coincidence? No. Right on time. Right on time. God brings us to our spirit times. So that We go, Lord, what do you have? What are you doing? Stop and think of God's faithfulness to you. How He has offered salvation through grace to you. Something you and I do not deserve. John 3.36 says, He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son has not life. And the wrath of God abides in Him. He's removed the wrath of God from you by His grace. He has forgiven you of every sin you have ever committed. Man, that's enough to be able to sleep. All things pass away, everything becomes new. 2 Corinthians 5.17. He has enabled each of us to deal with our old life and the sins victoriously and to courageously face the difficulties of the present, to walk with hope, never allowing me to encounter anything beyond my ability to bear, but always showing me the way of escape, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. Take note of the incredible benefit that you have received as well as I, and continue to receive through obedience to God, now that we're Christians. Our commitment to not compromise our integrity, be it morally or ethically, to the standard of God's word, resulting in true and lasting happiness is all God's doing. Listen to the words of Jesus. He spoke to his disciples in John thirteen seventeen. If you know these things, blessed, which means happy are you, if you, listen, do them. Happiness, true happiness is not based on knowing. It's based on doing. If you see your child be a doer of what you tell him to, he will be a very happy, a very stable child. If your child is disobedient, he will be unstable. He will be unhappy. It's real easy. Real simple. Our lives are but an example to the lost that they turn to God and be saved. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, Jesus said in Matthew five sixteen. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God. Listen, in the day of visitation, as you're witnessing, as you're living, as you're sharing, as you're praying for those individuals then when they hear the gospel, they say, that's what he was talking about. The day of visitation is when they hear the gospel. And God nails them. That's what they meant. The fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham and Sarah was right on time. Right on time. Notice he moves to the second scene. The foolishness of Ishmael towards Isaac, verse 8 through 13. In verse 8 and 9, the unwise conduct of Ishmael was during a celebration for Isaac. The narrative tells us that the child grew and was weaned. Children were weaned, usually between three to five years of age. A little different than ours today. They didn't have all the bottles, everything else. They hung out a little longer. The occasion prompted Abraham to have a great feast on that same day that Isaac was weaned. In Ishmael, in verse 9, the son of the flesh, behaved disrespectfully towards Isaac. The offensive behavior was observed by Sarah, the mother hen. Mommies are like that. They can tell. You want a good watchdog? Get yourself a female dog. And make sure she has a litter. She's a better watchdog after she has pups. You want to see the wrath of man? Watch your mom trying to defend her children. (laughs) Interesting. The offensive behavior was observed by Sarah. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham. Now the particular behavior is stated as scoffing. The word presents a pun on the name of Isaac. To poke fun at, mocking or sporting with the meaning of his name, perhaps even laughing at the fact that he was the heir. Remember, there's a great age difference between the two. Now, Paul the Apostle interprets this for us in Galatians 4:28 and 9 as spiritual persecution. Listen, now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise, but as he who was born according to the flesh, Ishmael, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, Isaac. Even so it is now. The flesh and the Spirit are complete enemies. They can never be one. Never. In fact, Paul uses the two covenants as an allegory to teach the law of bondage in the freedom of grace in Galatians 4:22 through 31 heaven versus earth the unkind conduct of Ishmael resulted in consternation by Sarah in verse 10 and 11 in verse 10 Sarah became incensed as she perceived the situation therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. It's like a mother that's in the playground at the park, and, and she sees her son out there on the swings, and, and she sees a, a bigger kid, a bully, approaching her little son and pushing him off the swing. You know what happens. They're me Raise up. This is what's going on here. The reason was biblical. Listen. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac there could be no permanent abiding of the two there had to be a separation now Abraham became grieved in verse 11 and rightly so Abraham was being torn in two and the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's side Ishmael was his biological son you have to get into his shoes this is his son A difficulty he brought upon himself. God did not bring it upon him. Remember that. When you and I put ourselves in that difficult situation and try to hang God for it. So much was his love for Ishmael that he asked Yahweh to let him be the heir rather than Isaac. The firstborn of his flesh. His own flesh and blood. But God never recognized the firstborn of his flesh God only recognizes his only son, which he will ask him to sacrifice in chapter 22. Only one son. God does not look at our fleshly works. He doesn't acknowledge them because they only bring trouble to us. God takes no responsibility for our flesh. We must take our own responsibility for that. The uncomfortable situation between Sarah and Abraham brought about the intervention of God here in verse 12 and 13. God communicates with Abraham he comforted Abraham regarding the words of Sarah listen to him but God said to Abraham do not let it be displeasing in your sight two little words tracing through the Bible when there seems to be no hope when there seems to be total despair no way out hear the words but God (laughs) but God
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of trusting in God and God alone. And you can pick up a copy of today's encouraging study, The Son of Promise, Isaac. It's available on CD for only $4. Now be sure and pass a copy of this lesson to someone in your church or Bible study. The title to ask for once again is The Son of Promise, Isaac. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you do contact us. Well, what do you do when your circumstances seem impossible? Find out when you tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths with Bible Study Teacher, Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com